Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Start with the budget here, big spending budget, some big yep. deficits here too. Here's Katrina Conroy, the finance minister, defending the spending yesterday. Let's have a listen. We know that one-third of all British Columbians rent their homes, and we expect it will benefit more than 80% of renters' households. When times are tough, you need government in your corner. Okay, he's talking there about the renter's rebate shows up six years later after they promised yeah. it. And not quite as advertised at the beginning. Yeah. The impression was everyone, everyone who rented was going to get 400 bucks. Cash in their claw, yeah. cash in their cash so, money. It's better than nothing, but it is means tested. If, you, if you're over $80,000 income, you don't get anything. Household income, right? Household income, yeah. yeah. That's, that's uh, pretty low. Income. It is pretty low with dual incomes. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a credit. It's not a check. Yeah. It's, it's through your income tax. How does that work? So when you file your income taxes, you get a bit money. Yeah. You, you get a credit. Exactly. So it's not quite, but it's, you know, it's better than nothing, I suppose. But I characterized the budget yesterday as a very much a traditional NDP budget in that it increased spending significantly, particularly in social areas, particularly healthcare. Healthcare got the biggest lift ever wow. in from year to year, historic lift, um, much bigger than anything we've ever seen. Uh, again, it's, uh, it, I think a deliberate, and Conroy talked about this yesterday. It's this is they view this situation as the government is there to help. It's not there to be fiscally uh, conservative or fiscal fiscally um, tighten your belts. And I, thought you were gonna say, I thought you were going to say fiscally responsible. No, no. Uh, that's how certain <laughs> opposition parties would characterize yeah. it. But yeah, um, so this is very much uh, uh, the NDP views government as an activist tool to help. Um, various sectors of society, and we saw that uh, on display yesterday. Now, as we're all characterizing it as a spend-spend budget, there's also a tax increase in there, and you had your guest earlier, I think uh, Peter Millbar, talked about it, and that's the carbon tax hike. Carbon tax, yeah. And it's not just the price at the pump. Just looking at the uh, Budget Implementation Measures Act, uh, <clears throat> natural gas, for example, right now 9.79 cents uh, per cubic meter goes to 12.39 on April 1st. Next year, 15.25, then 18.11. So, so if you ho heat your home with a natural gas furnace, you get really walloped with that, well, right? Well, everyone, all fuels are getting walloped, if you want yeah. to characterize that way. And it's basically tripling. Yeah. So natural gas will be 9.79 per cubic meter right now. By the time the schedule runs out, which is on 2030, you're at 32.4 wow. cents. Wow. So, Triple. And the same thing at the price of the pump, 11 right. cents right now. 37.4 cents in 2030. Now, this is a national schedule. It's not just a made in BC. This is a federal government schedule for, for carbon tax hikes. But to note, the Liberal government has basically brought this in, propped up by the NDP in Ottawa. So this is a Liberal NDP carbon tax scheduled, and that was the tax increase yesterday. Didn't get a lot of attention, but as much as the, the spending side of the budget 
seems to get the dominant amount of headlines. There was that carbon tax hike, which over the years is going to be significant. Right. Now, we sort of debated that earlier on the show. I had Peter Millibar for the Liberals on. He's on with Andrew Mercier. He's an NDP MLA. And Mercier, the NDP guy, kept saying, well, well, yeah, okay, we're putting the carbon tax up, but we're also increasing the carbon tax credit. Mm -hmm. So if you're, that's means tested too, right? So if you're on the lower income, lower part of the income scale, you get a chunk of it back, right? Yeah. And that's how credits work. But it's not, again, it's, you still pay up front. Yeah. And if you're in a cash flow situation, that can, you know, the credit doesn't, you don't see that credit for some time. Okay. Another thing that I find interesting in the communication of this is I listened to the finance minister and she's talking about BC has a strong economy. I think they were talking about economic growth last year, a little over 2%, yep. which was, is not bad relatively to the rest of Canada. So she keeps saying, oh, we got a good economy here. And then on the other side, she says, but we got to spend because we, you know, times are tough. So on the one time, one hand, she's saying, oh, you know, economy's good. And the other time, the other hand, she's saying, oh, it's bad and we need to spend. Well, I think it's it's the affordability issue. The economy is doing well. It depends which which uh, indicator you want to look at. Unemployment continues to be very low, which yeah. is great, but the cost of living continues to be high. Right, and so that's why even though people are working, they're not necessarily getting ahead, or they're falling behind because of inflation, cost of living, rents, uh, the price of housing, uh, which is again the economy may be fine uh, for now, but also in the coming year, this budget projects economic growth about zero point four. Yeah, the economy expected to slow, very right? slow yeah. down significantly. Yeah. Now, the other thing in the budget, and the NDP did this in the last couple of budgets. There's enormous elbow room built into this budget in terms of uh, contingency funds, about five billion a year. Wow! So that's a cushion. Wow. And then on top of that is um, the forecast allowance, which is seven hundred million in the coming year, then five hundred million uh, in subsequent years over three years. So there's a lot of elasticity in this budget that may not uh, have the deficit quite as big as it's projected to be, which is about a little more than four billion this year, and a little more than three billion. Uh, so we've in the gone. Years. So we've gone from a five point what was it five point two billion dollar surplus. Well, I think when you add it all up, it's probably more than seven billion. Right? Whoa. Okay, seven billion dollar surplus to Not a because, four point two billion dollar deficit. And the surplus. What's up did, with that? The surplus didn't result because of suddenly the economy doing great. It was basically. Uh, well, part of the economy did do well. So natural uh, resource revenues were significantly higher than had been projected. So that's part of the surplus. But the other thing is Ottawa restates the income tax returns for personal and corporate income tax and found out that the year previous was grossly underestimated. And so that money was restated and came back in the form of billions of dollars back to B.C., government because of uh, income tax returns. Um, okay, so kind of a windfall there. A one-time windfall. Yeah. It's not going to happen, unlikely to happen again. Uh, that was a historic surplus. And it's interesting, what do you do with a surplus? And I think you've got a clip on that. Okay, let's, let's, listen, to, okay, let's listen to the Liberal leader here. So this is Kevin Falcon, because they were sitting on that big mountain surplus money. And listen to what Falcon says they should have done with that surplus. Have a listen here. Instead of using some of that to responsibly pay down debt, uh, or, you know, uh, deal with some other things. What did the NDP do with the surplus that they had last year, a one-time surplus? They, they're they trying to spend all of it. They spent it. No. So we were told in the lockup yesterday there will be some of this money applied to the debt. Oh, it's how not much? All, we don't know yet because okay. uh, they don't know how much big the surplus is. All the bills are, haven't come in yet. Yeah. But Conroy also said yesterday, the finance minister, there will continue <clears throat> to be some spending of the surplus. We've got one month left in the current fiscal year. It doesn't end until March 31st. Yeah. By law, <clears throat> if the money's not spent or earmarked by then, it automatically goes against the debt. So we're... <clears throat> 
excuse me, we're told to expect some of it to go against the debt, but there will be more spending programs. So it's interesting. Falcon seems to be advocating a position that was advocated by the BC Liberals in 2017. On the eve of the uh, provincial election, the finance minister then, Mike DeYoung, opted to apply a $3 billion surplus against the debt rather than give anything back in terms of solving any affordability issues. And I think that I've talked to a number of liberals since then who think that was a big mistake because um, surplus is basically electoral goodies. It's one-time yeah. payments. It's not built into the system. So the NDPs established this billion-dollar fund for municipalities, and there were a number of mayors here yesterday and city councillors at the lockup who were giddy with anticipation of wanting to dip into that fund to pay for rec centers and swimming pools and things that are really popular with voters. So there's a populist aspect to spending a surplus and fiscal conservatism just applying against the debt. Not sure that's a winner with the voters. Okay, so if the liberals think now it was a mistake to pay down the debt before that last well, some election, of some of them do. I mean, Falcon obviously doesn't think no, so. Here he is criticizing yeah. the NDP. So he was on Global News yesterday making a comment. That comment suddenly circulated around the budget lockup. Saying, yeah. Whoa, this is interesting. This is, a, this is a sort of a dividing point between the NDP and the Liberals. Well, the NDP were actually kind of retweeting that, oh, saying, oh, look at, the, look at this guy. He wants to pay down the debt. They put out a news <laughs> release on that. So but yeah. that's an interesting dividing point between the New Democrats and the Liberals of what's the priority. Spend the surplus on one-time funds and rebates and checks and things or paying down the debt. Okay, lots of uh, <laughs> budgets coming out here because we got the BC budget, but we have all these municipal budgets mm-hmm. coming out now. So the Vancouver, City of Vancouver budget, uh, a property tax increase projected here, 10.7%. Let's have a listen to Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim. We're choosing to deal with the situation today, and we are going to fix that roof. And I know this sucks. We're all part of Vancouver. Okay, okay. okay. it's going to... Be- I know it's one sucks. of the top 10 quotes of the year, I think, is uh, from Ken Sim there early on in his term as mayor. Interesting, I ran into Brad West, the mayor of Port Coquitlam yesterday, uh, yes. uh, over here for the budget. Um, his council's bringing in a 3% yeah. uh, property tax in contrast to Vancouver. One of the lowest one in Metro. One of the lowest in Metro. Yeah, second and, lowest. And you've had Brad West on many times, and yeah. he, he's always emphasized they don't try to solve the world's problems in Port yeah. Coquitlam. They fix the potholes, they clear the snow. Yeah. And they don't have a lot of add-ons, and so his uh, able to keep property taxes fairly low compared to Port Moody. I think has got something like ten percent. Vancouver's ten percent. Surrey seventeen percent. Oh. Yeah. Um, Burnaby's doing pretty good, well, and so is Coquitlam. But a lot of municipalities are having significant uh, tax hikes, but Poco seems to be a bit of an outlier. I listened to Brad West this morning on the Global Morning News, and he did an interview on there where he said, you know, one of the things we figured out in Port Coquitlam is we're not the United Nations. We're like a local (laughs) city council, and our responsibility is to fix the potholes, keep the parks clean, remove the snow from the streets, and that's basically it. You know, keep the sewers unclogged. And that's that's it. So he's pointing a finger at these other municipalities with all these other added on programs and priorities mm-hmm. and things. It costs a lot of money. Yeah, and and that's been what it's probably explains why no one ran against Brad West to be mayor. Yeah, you know he was acclaimed because he's basically taken a very popular approach there. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. 
Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, phone lines are open. If you phone now, you will get through. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Let's go to your calls. Mike and Vernon. Hi, Mike. Go ahead. Morning, guys. Hi, Mike. Um, good morning. So, um, first of all, I don't see anything in this budget that uh, incentivizes growing the economy. Everything seems to be, you know, about spending. But where, where's the growth in the economy? But that's not the main reason that I called. Main reason I called is going back to this renters uh, uh, supplement, if you want to call it that. Is it's a tax credit, correct? Right. Okay, so. A tax, a four hundred dollar tax credit doesn't mean a four hundred dollar refund on your taxes. No. And for people, and for people that don't pay income tax, of which the lower incomes mostly don't, where's the four hundred dollars come from for them? I yep. just the whole thing is it's it almost looks like smoke and mirrors to me. Yeah, no good point. I've always had a dubious view of tax credits because I don't think it really materializes you know, for many people into something tangible. Uh, many people don't fill out tax returns. Uh, you know that's their loss. But this is not like a check that you get in the mail. That's uh, what they originally promised, though. Well, that right? was that seemed to be what the promise was. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really clear in 2017. But the impression they left was every every renter yeah. was going to get four hundred dollars. Now it's a household income of less than sixty thousand dollars gets the full tax credit. What if you're What if you got roommates? Like, what if you're not members of immediate family? Well, I think it's one tax return. Okay, because I think it was. I think I saw yesterday that if you if you got roommates, but you're not, you know, you're just you're sharing a place with someone. Uh, I think it's an individual in that case would get a re, uh, uh, tax, tax credit, credit. Yeah, as opposed it's, to like immediate family members. It's tricky. One of the reasons why they didn't deliver on this thing was they found out it was a very difficult thing to figure out and deliver. Like, how do you? Well, do yeah, the administrative part of this was seemed to be a real challenge. Yeah, how do you figure this out? And we've seen this through the pandemic. The, the challenge of getting checks out the door. Uh, to people. It's it's easier said than done. But obviously, this is not going to be a check out the door. This is a tax credit, which is a little more uh, complicated. Chris and Langley. Hi, Chris. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Yeah, kind of on the tax credit uh, as well as the uh, carbon tax. You know, if more of that went back into incentivizing people to get EVs. I bought a Tesla in 2019, paid 50 grand. At the time, it was only five grand back from uh, uh, the provincial government. The, the federal government a few months later, uh, unfortunately for me, kicked in a few more thousand. They also added what I was uh, able to take advantage of was that uh, you could write your car off. And, and so one year I basically paid no tax. And so you start to take a $50,000 vehicle and all of a sudden you start to, with my gas savings at 280,000 kilometers that I have, I drive quite a bit. I mean, you know, I'm down to like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars that I paid for this car, and it continually gets cheaper. And so, if we're increasing the carbon tax, I'm all for that. But you know, the, like we talk about, people can't afford electric vehicles; they need to make it even cheaper, as they do down the states for falling behind. And the states have even made it cheaper, thank you, and more affordable. So, thanks, Chris. Well, Mike, you've had lots of guests on about electric uh, vehicles and the challenges that come with it. One of them, one of the challenges, like the caller hit it, uh, was upfront costs. Yeah. Not everyone can walk in and pay $50,000 for a car or even get a $50,000 car loan. Uh, there are incentives, there are subsidies and, and things to bring the cost down, but that's over time. And then there's the, you know, if you live in the north, it's a lot different than if you live in Metro Vancouver in terms of 
uh, cold, reliability, on, reliability yeah. on batteries, and then charging stations. So yeah. it's, it's a very complicated issue. Merlin in Clearwater. you got 30 seconds here. Hi, it's uh, Mayor Merlin in Clearwater. How's yes, hello, Mayor. Good. Go ahead. you got 30 seconds here. Yeah, the $1 billion for municipalities is great, uh, but it's, a, it's a, uh, just a dip in the water of what we need. Locally here, we have a $3 million annual tax uh, that we take in, and we have $22 million worth of infrastructure we need in the next uh, 10 years to fix. Um, we're not looking at rec centers. We're looking at paving roads, and, uh, mm-hmm. and right now the buy-in is uh, half a kilometer to three-quarters of a kilometer. Um, it's great. I love this budget, but it needs to be more. Thank you. Yeah, infrastructure, hot-button issue. Uh, there's a $48 billion in this budget for infrastructure over the next three years. That's a lot of roads and stuff. But one of the hidden things out there, and it was exposed in one of the weather events, sewer pipes. Oh, yeah. Most of them were built in the 1950s and 60s. They need to be replaced in every municipality.